you're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the U.S., and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hey everyone, it's great to be back. Therapy for Your Money took a little break over the summer. I enjoyed uh, some a really good time with my kiddos and now they're back in school. And in the accounting world, once September rolls around, that's really when we start thinking about the end of the year already. We start planning for what's coming next year, next tax season, all of that fun stuff. Um, So because quarterly estimated tax payments are due soon on September 15th, um, I wanted to chat about that today because that's one of the questions that we get often um, in my firm, that I get often in various Q&A calls. So today we're talking about quarterly estimated tax payments, what they are, when you've got to pay them. Um, And we'll talk about them today in the context of federal tax, mostly because we have listeners all over the country. Uh, But just keep in mind that if your state has a state income tax, that if you owe federal estimated tax payments, you'll likely have to pay um, at the state level as well. Okay, so just keep that in mind, but we're talking at the federal level today. All right, so who exactly is supposed to make quarterly estimated tax payments? Typically, if you're going to owe more than $1,000 in taxes for the following year, um, you're going to have to pay estimated taxes. So often high income households are going to make estimated tax payments, definitely self-employed folks, um, and sometimes even household employers, right? If you have a uh, nanny is probably the one that comes up most most often, but if you had uh, landscapers or just a uh, house manager, those are some situations where that might come up as well. So most, most often in the in the context of the work that we do with private practices, it's usually because you're self-employed that you're going to make estimated tax payments. So the general rule is you've got to pay either 90% of the tax that you're going to owe for the current year, right? So right now we're, I'm recording this episode in 2021. So you've got to either pay 90% of the tax that you're going to owe this year in 2021 or 100% of the tax from your 2020 tax return the previous year. As then that's as long as your your previous year tax return did cover 12 months, but it's unusual for that that not to be the case. So either 90% of this year or 100% of last year. And if your adjusted gross income your AGI is more than 150,000 um, or even 75,000 if you file married filing separately, then you've got to pay 110% of last year's tax. So those are the three big numbers I want you to remember. 90% of this year and either 100% of last year's or 110% of last year's depending on your adjusted gross income. However, the only thing right right that we know for a fact is last year's tax. We don't exactly know how much you're going to owe this year. We don't know exactly how you're going to end the year because you're a business owner. There is some fluctuation, right, as the year goes on. So that's why when you're filing your previous tax return, your previous year, you're usually going to get some vouchers from your tax preparer with your quarterly estimated tax payments. Those are based on last year's tax. If you make all of those payments and you make them on time, 
you should not owe any penalties or interest unless there's been a really significant change somewhere else in your financial situation. And what I mean by that, like let's look at some examples. If you were to drop your personal salary, right? Let's say you have an S Corp and you're dropping your salary for some reason, that would change how much is withheld. That might be a situation where your vouchers are not enough. Or if your spouse was taking a much higher paying job, but for some reason withholding less tax, that might make a difference, right? So there's a couple, there's a handful of situations there, but in most cases, if all else is the same, if your spouse or significant other is uh, making the same amount of money, you've got about the same deductions as previous years, your vouchers should get you there. So you definitely wanna pay those and you wanna pay those on time. They are due on April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and then January 15th of the following year. So for 2021, you would pay your last payment on, actually, it's going to be this year, January 18th, because the 15th is a weekend. So it will be the 15th of those four months, April, June, September, and January, or the following business day, if that falls on a weekend. That's what that do. That's due. So just because you're making the payments on your voucher, I want to be super clear Just because you're making those payments, that doesn't mean that you're not going to owe any tax at the end of the year, especially if your income has increased significantly. So I think this is really important. So I'm going to say it again. Just because you're making your voucher payments doesn't mean you're not going to owe anything at the end of the year, especially if your income has increased significantly. You're paying based on last year's number. So part of the goal of the vouchers is to not owe penalties and interest, but that doesn't mean that you won't have a balance owed. So what exactly should you do if your income has increased significantly? There's kind of two schools of thought here, okay? So number one is pay the minimum amount owed on your vouchers so that you are not giving the IRS an interest-free loan. So basically it means do nothing, right? Pay the vouchers, but don't pay an additional dollar. School of thought number two is increase your quarterly estimated tax payments throughout the year to minimize the amount that's going to be due on your personal tax return in April. So if you're really good at saving, uh, for example, if you use Profit First and you know you're not accidentally going to go buy yourself a vacation home with your tax funds, then I think option one can be a really good idea. Uh, That's personally what I do. My husband and I are both self-employed, but we use Profit First and we save tax uh, funds throughout the year And we've always had enough to pay at the end of the year. So there sometimes needs to be an adjustment in the tax amount that we save, but that's how we do it. We have a lot of clients who also do this because they know they're using Profit First and they're going to have the cash available when they need it. So depending on how much growth they've seen, they might owe 10,000, 50, 100,000, or even more at the end of the year, but they know that the, the cash is there in that tax account and they're ready for it. By the way, if you're interested in finding out more about Profit First, uh, do check out episode 13 with Mike Michalowicz where we talk about the Profit First system. All right, so if the idea though of owing a, a huge amount of money at the end of the year when you file your taxes is stressful to you, then you should definitely use option number two and increase your quarterly estimated tax payments throughout the year. Um, if you're spe- a spender and having this money just sitting there is going to burn a hole in your pocket, you probably want to be paying more in so that you don't, that money doesn't disappear. 
I've had also some cases where our client was a really good saver, but maybe their spouse is not. And if the spouse knows that there's money just sitting there, they're going to go buy something big. So in those cases, we have recommended to our clients to increase the payments throughout the year. So this is a really great time before that third quarter payment is due. If you've seen a really significant growth um, in your income, then have a check-in with your tax preparer, show them what's going on. So they can either have you adjust your Q3 and Q4 payments, or at least have you save more if you need to. Right, how exactly are you going to make these payments? There's a lot of different ways. So you can go to eftps.gov, you can go to irs.gov account, you can make a check payment to the IRS, Um, you want to include the voucher with your check, you can send a check of up to $100 million. So there really isn't a a restriction because chances are as an individual taxpayer, you're not going to owe $100 million um, or more. But you want to send that check with your voucher. You probably want to use tracking on that as well. We've had clients where their payments have been lost and then uh, they are considered late. So just keep that in mind. Um, You can also pay by phone. And then uh, on the state side, usually your state is going to have a website where you can make a payment. You can make a check payment. Some states are going to require you to pay online if you owe over a certain amount. Typically, they're going to send you a letter when when you cross that threshold, but keep that in mind. Um, Another option is also both for federal and state. You can increase your withholdings either in your paycheck if you are on payroll because you have an S corporation or your spouse is withholding, right? So the taxes are due for your household, not for you separately. So if you file with your spouse married filing jointly, it doesn't really matter which spouse is paying the tax in. All that matters is that that the tax is paid into the system. So this can, can work really well, especially if you have a smaller side business where maybe you are working full time Uh, for an agency or for someone else in their practice and you're starting a side gig uh, on your own, you probably can just change your withholding. You would want to submit an an updated W-4 to your HR or payroll department and just increase the amount that's withheld there. And then in that case, you might not actually need to make estimated tax payments. But that is one of the ways through your your payroll withholding that you also can pay into, into the system. All right, so what happens if you did not make your estimated tax payments? If when you you file your taxes next year, so that this is the taxes that are going to be due April 15th, 2022, if you owe $1,000 or more, you're going to owe penalties and interest if you did not make quarterly estimated tax payments in the right amounts on the right dates. Okay, so no one is coming to your house to arrest you. It's just penalties and interest. And the amount of that is going to depend on exactly when you made the payments, how much you did, how much you were short, right? So we're not going to go over the details of that um, today. If you are self-employed, I really would encourage you to be saving for taxes on a regular basis. The profit first method is great for that. Uh, But even if you're not ready to implement that in your business, at the very, very least, having both a checking and a savings account that in that savings account being earmarked for taxes, I think that's always the minimum number of bank accounts you should have in the business. So the dollars are coming into your business and then you're just sliding over some tax funds and earmarking that for taxes. Being self-employed is different from working for someone else. When you work for someone else, you get a W-2 at the end of the year. 
and all the, all the income that you've received in your bank account has already been taxed. When you're self-employed, that is really not the case. In most cases, some, if not all of the income that you're receiving has not been taxed. So I really urge you to make sure that you're approaching the business income from the perspective of uh, this isn't my money. Part of this money belongs to the government. We've had some clients also name their tax savings accounts, government's money or Uncle Sam's money. So you you can definitely be, be playful with it, but just keep in mind, it's not all yours. Uh, if you're in a situation where you feel like there really just isn't enough money left over at the end of the month to be saving for taxes, I would say that's probably the symptom of a bigger problem. So I would encourage you to look at your personal spending and look at your business budget as well to see how you can make that work uh, because you're, you're going to be taxed on the profit of your business, whether you take it out of the business or not, right? Most entities uh, for private practice are going to be pass-through entities. So that means either a sole proprietorship, Schedule C, a partnership, or an S-corporation. Those are the, the ones we see most often. Those are pass-through entities. That means that the profit of the business is going to flow through to your personal tax return. Whether you take it out of the business or not, you're going to be paying taxes on it. So you want to be, you want to be saving for that on a regular basis. A quick note on the child tax credit. So if you have children, you, you've had a $2,000 child tax credit on your previous year tax returns. Um, so this year, that child tax credit increased to $3,000 per child with some phase outs for high income taxpayers. Um, and, and that can go up to $3,600 per child uh, if you have children that are five and under. So one of the big pieces of this updated child tax credit is that it is now getting paid in advance to taxpayers. So our clients are first started seeing deposits on July 15th, and it looks like these deposits are happening on the 15th of every month. But that's a credit that you've typically taken on your tax return. Now you're getting it in advance. So I just want you to keep in mind, since you're getting an advance, that might mean you owe more in taxes next year, okay? Let's just keep that in mind. All right, my parting words for you today. Um, I know this is a, a, a not the most exciting of topics. I think it's an important one for business owners. Um, if you are a business owner, I highly, highly recommend that you do work with a tax professional for your tax filings and that you check in with them throughout the year to just give them an update on what's going on in your business. Um, I do want to mention that at my accounting firm, Green Oak Accounting, we do offer tax preparation services for our monthly ac accounting clients only. So we don't actually offer tax only services. And I just want to mention that because the main reason we decided to, to do that is that we've just found that tax only services at the end of the year, once everything is said and done and the year is closed, we found that it's just not the best way for us to help our clients. So we want to be working with them all throughout the year. All right, so if you want to check out any of the resources um, that we've talked about during this episode, if you want a link to the uh, estimated tax worksheet from the IRS, just head over to therapyforyourmoney.com and check out the show notes. Have a great day, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. 
Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.